0: Hi, my name is Charlie, and I like Dungeons & Dragons.
1: Welcome to What Do You Like, the podcast where we get to know a person through their passions and hobbies. Today we have a very exciting guest. Um, he's one of the hosts of the Two Heels and Face podcast. Um, he's also um, an expert on the topic that we're going to talk about today. Um, so right now I'm going to need everyone to roll for initiative because we're digging into D D Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie.
0: Hello. Thanks for having me. I I I like had a fifty. I was like, there's a fifty percent chance that's how I was going to start roll a uh, roll for initiative. So I think I would have been right.
1: Well, today is so. going to be a battle of a conversation. So we need to know who goes first <laughs> okay. in the turn order.
0: Right, right, right. That's important. Action Absolutely. economy. Absolutely. So as <laughs>
1: as you can tell from the intro, I know a little bit about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I do play occasionally. Um, but it, by no means am I as knowledgeable as this gentleman we have right here. Um, I will talk to this this gentleman um, and he will say these like random things to me that I should absolutely know as I'm a halfling rogue and I have no idea what he's talking about. Um, so I'm really excited to kind of dive into Not so much as like deep knowledge, but like his understanding of Dungeons & Dragons and kind of how it has affected his life. Yeah. Uh, So again, welcome to the podcast, Charlie.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having me again. Uh, Congrats again on starting. Starting is the hardest part. It's a barrier some people can't break through when they're starting a podcast or they have this idea. So congrats to you. Um, Yeah. I think, yeah, I think a high level, we don't have to go deep. I think a high level is good. I think the game is growing and I think a high level would be good for people who are just like, what even is it, you know? And if they can kind of understand what it is when they come out of this podcast, it'd probably be a good thing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um,
1: I think a a real easy way to kind of ease into this podcast. um, Can you just kind of, I think people know enough like general stuff about Dungeons and Dragons, but how did you first get involved with Dungeons and Dragons? Is this something that started as a child or is like a later in life kind of
0: no, I mean I, I I say the phrase like the game is growing. That makes it sound like I've been playing for 15 years. I haven't. I've been playing like pretty steadily for probably just a year now, um which doesn't, you know, expert and plan doing something for a year usually don't go together, but I think I think you know, I've been playing like once a week for a year. So like it's I'm pretty it's a pretty weekly thing for me. Um I I mean, I think I've always fallen in the the nerdy r- realm that you probably fall in like wrestling, video games, like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons is not far from that. Um, I do enjoy a, like a tabletop game. Like I get like a game of Uno or things like that. I grew up playing Uno with the family. Um, and uh, yeah, honestly, as far, I don't know, like in college I played a ton of Skyrim. Have you ever played Skyrim?
1: Uh, no, I have a kind of a funny story about Skyrim. It's kind of crazy you brought it up. I was once walking in Minneapolis, Minnesota with my, (laughs) this is going to be really weird, with my roommate who I live with in Leicester, England when I studied abroad there. Oh, cool. For some reason, we are both in Minnesota, so we met up for lunch. And as we were walking back to my car, um, some guy came up to me and he just said, how many hours you got? And I was like, what? He's like, how many hours you
0: got? Is this a I carjacking?
1: Like, I, I don't know. I, at this point, I was like, I don't, I don't understand what this means. Uh-uh. And he's like I, don't, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, he started swearing at me. He's like, you know you play Skyrim. Don't be ashamed of the fact that you play Skyrim. How many <laughs> hours you got? I was like, sir, I've never played Skyrim. <laughs> and I knew what it was. So like, yeah. When he said that, like, it made sense. I was like, I don't know. There's, there's a lose-lose situation. And I've never really played Skyrim. Um, and like video games, I'm not super into, but
0: board games, okay. I'm
1: getting really into.
0: Okay, um, yeah.
1: So yeah, but that, so I'm with you on the on the nerdy activities for sure.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think now that like, if I were to trace it back, I think it would be like role playing video games. Like I remember being really into Knights of the Old Republic, which is a Star Wars role playing video game. Like that was a really good one. Anything where you kind of, like, build your character over time and this character has an identity. Um, so I think, and then, like, Skyrim, which is an Elder Scrolls game made by Bethesda. Fallout, which is another, like, I've, I think Fallout 4, I've logged the most hours out of any game I've ever played in the Fallout 4. Um, love that game. That's another role-playing game. So we've always been really interested in that and just, like, the, the exploring and the vastness of the world, how the world the world is moving as you're really, as you're doing things and you're making decisions and that affects like seven things down the road. It just feels so real. And uh, really, I don't know. My brain is just alive when I'm playing those games. Um, so then I already knew I liked that. And then had always heard about Dungeons and Dragons. And by this time I'm, I'm past the point of like stigmas. I mean, I'm a wrestling fan. You know, you, you don't really care how nerdy your hobby is. If it's fun, you're going to do it. And um we finally i find this group of gamer friends that i've known since like kindergarten and um we finally just decided to try it so i just started watching youtube videos it was just kind of one of those things where it's like we always kind of wanted to try it because we knew we would kind of like it and then we really didn't know what we were in for and then we're like wow we really really like this (laughs) so uh yeah and then just start like started started playing and really haven't stopped that's been the rabbit hole that is that's is interesting so i guess we want to go like again uh,
1: just a brief understanding so Dungeons and dragons like yeah. you said is a role-playing game where each person kind of has a role that they portray in the game yes um and then there's one person called the dungeon master who kind of controls the game
0: yeah, so the dungeon master is key. It's because the game is so flexible. The 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 huge. So if we're like stepping back even farther, <clears throat> the game being extremely flexible allows you and your character to do more like cool things that you kind of want to do, and it gives you a lot of like player agency or player control because the game is so flexible, and because the game is so flexible, you need a end all be all rule. The person to decide and enforce those rules. Otherwise, you know, you're not really playing the game. You're just like shouting things at each other. Um, so that's the dungeon master. He also controls everyone else that you don't control, which is like all the people you meet in the town, the enemies, the et cetera, et cetera. He lays out the story. He lays out the uh, he writes the story or uses like a pre written story, which there's a ton of. Um, so. Yeah, he's kind of God in a way, but if you have a really good dungeon master, he's just someone who facilitates the story. you're driving it, but he's like laying out the tracks for you to drive on. And which way do you want to go? He's got a path left, he's got a path center, he's got a path right, and it's all this different stuff planned. And then you you with your players, your group of players get to decide what to do. So it gives you a lot of like empowerment. And uh and the rules are a tool and are a little loose. And that kind of that, that can help give you that empowerment because sometimes you know it's hard. Sometimes things are hard, they're hard to decipher, but the DM will be like, "Yeah, that's a really good idea. Let's go with that." And then you're just kind of off and running. So,
1: yeah, I think that that kind of builds into the fact that the, the people you play with also very much make the game. Yes, um, as opposed to like you mentioned, like video games where you're playing by yourself. I mean, it's it's a pre kind of driven story and they're open world a lot of nowadays so you can really go anywhere um but there's a there's like a uh some constriction but with dungeons and dragons because it's so story driven you absolutely create the world as you go through it and i wonder is it almost seems like your love of like role-playing video games and all those types of games seems like a very natural progression, um, into Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, was there like, I know you kind of mentioned like you just found a group and you just decided to do it. Who in the group was like, we're going to do it. Uh, was it you? Were you the one driving it or were you just like, yes, I'm along for the ride. I'm glad someone kind of took initiative.
0: Uh, um, to do that no, it wasn't me i was i I'm probably the second most proactive group um, uh, but it was our dungeon master who was like, okay um i I have this world built now, like let's play, so you need the world built to some extent and uh, and he built he sta- he bought like the starter pack he's you know there's a lot of pre-written stuff he put his he puts his own spin on it, so it gives him creative freedom to do that as well, otherwise. You, you need that creative freedom. Otherwise, like the game is not going to be fun for you. Um, and yeah, to your point, there's no invisible walls really. Like you can go to any part in the city that you want. You can go to a different city, like the game, you know, the dungeon master will be like, Hey, I haven't planned anything for this city. So sometimes they'll ask you to like kind of they'll nudge you towards what they've planned. But a really good DM will just kind of improvise along the way. Um and that also allows you to like to you just feel like you're really in control of the story and things like that. So yeah, I mean I think a consistency that I found is just like with everything I kind of like, like every hobby is is teamwork uh and storytelling. Um and I think you can find that in like wrestling as well. Um so yeah, just like uh, those aspects kind of translate over as well. Like the storytelling's so good. Um even like how my character interacts with another person across from the table. Like we have all these inside jokes that only our characters would find funny, which is like, which is kind of funny. Like I have an alter ego of mine that has inside jokes with someone else's like alter ego. So <laughs> that's kind of fun stuff.
1: I think this is a good time to kind of transition into learning a little about your create,
0: your created character,
1: your role <laughs> in the dungeons and dragons world. Um, okay. You, you kind of a brief overview of what your character is like. Obviously you'll we'll need to know the class and race. See, okay. I'm an, I'm almost an expert. I know all the almost all this stuff. I'll just give yeah. a picture of this character that you embody once a week.
0: Yeah. Uh he's he's a he's based uh, he's inspired by who I played in Skyrim. So um in Skyrim yeah, I don't know how I, I don't know how I graduated from college because I played a lot of Skyrim, but I made it through. Illinois State Represent. Um I I was always drawn towards like obscure races because, you know, I don't know. I'm a human in real life. I don't want to be a human in a game. Like I wanna be something way different. This is my chance to be something 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 weird. Um and the race that I played in Skyrim was a Khajiit. So that's the cat person race. Um, I, I would say I'm not a stealthy individual in real life. So once again, I'm, I'm loud and I'm not very agile in real life. So I'm, I'm leaning towards something that I can't do in real life. So in Skyrim, I was a stealth archer. Like my stealth was like a hundred. I, sh- I never got up close. I shot people from far away. They, I got sneak attacks like all the time, daggers in the back. No one saw me coming. So I just took that mold translated over to D and D and I I'm a, the race, the cat race is called Tabaxi uh, and Dungeons and Dragons. I'm also a rogue, right? So stealth to the max. It's, it's my role is to, I have in my party, I have some beefy classes in my party. Um, so I have like a paladin, a fighter, a barbarian, a cleric, um, all in my party. So if you look around the party, you're like everyone here is strong and can move things like why and so I compliment them well because they're all up at the front lines, and I am just like shooting arrows in people's backs and from the side, and like no one knows I'm even there so uh that's the, that's how I play the game um uh, i need the you know i mean you're a rogue you need the to roll that sneak attack dice because it's just a ton of damage um get those sneak attacks so yeah, that's who I am in the game i uh i 'm um, assassin i 'm an assassin um, as well, which is like a roguish archetype and uh, trying to k- rid the evil from this world and kill kill the bad guys um, so' you're, you know there 's a little bit of a conflict there you 're doing a bad thing but you 're only doing it to bad people kind of thing so yeah i 've always always leaned towards those more sticky, stealthy shoot from afar characters. I think it gives you you know a good advantage oh sorry, and my character 's name is Duma. So D-U-M-A, it's the Swahili word for cheetah. Um, So he looks like a a cheetah. Um, And I got that from my trip to Africa because I went on a trip to Africa with my fiance. And we have photos of it. Um, We were parked in a Jeep and two cheetahs got on the roof of our car. So I have like a selfie, like me sticking my head out the window and like taking a photo. And there's like a cheetah, like, two like not like not even a foot above me um so i took that word duma because i had that experience i mean that was a fantastic experience in africa it was crazy and i i named my character duma d-u-m-a wow so it seems like
1: your character embodies like several important things in your life uh one the fact that you get to like kind of live out this like fantasy element of uh, like a sneaky person and like real yeah. quick and things like that, but also connected to your youth with the Skyrim character. And then also this amazing experience with your fiance, like all into one character that you get to embody once a week. Yep. Um, what kind of trying to dig a little, a little deeper into this character, because obviously this is some, something very important to you. Um, what kind of uh, feelings does this, this character like bring up in you when you're like, do you fully are when you're playing, are you fully in character? Are you like Charlie's gone? It's now just Duma, <laughs> um, or is it more so like you're you're almost projecting this like movie that you're enjoying? Like wh- where does where does your your role kind of fall?
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of half and half. That's a good question. Um, I will try to like speak in character voice, <clears throat> which is I basically just stole the, the Khajiit voice or tried to from uh Skyrim, which is just like kind of like a low raspy, like sometimes talking third person voice. Um and uh I try to do that as much as possible. I think I mean the group I play with I've known for so long, so I'm like very comfortable just being a a a weirdo in front of them. Um so I'll try to do that as much as possible, but it's a little half and half because uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I got, I'm asking the DM like a ton of questions, so I'm in and out. Uh, but in the game, in terms of like tactics, when battle happens and when I'm moving my miniature around on the grid, I'm always thinking, always thinking about like my positioning and how I can get a sneak attack. Cause there's certain things that have to happen for that. To, so, so I'm a hundred percent like trying to play as the character I'll even, I'll even go as far as doing things cuz my cuz Duma doesn't like water. So, here's an example. we were in a cave. You're not supposed to really shout in a cave or a dungeon because usually the dungeon master will just add in like 10 more enemies because you shouted and it echoed. Um, but my Duma doesn't like water. Duma fell in a stream in a cave, so I had so I intentionally shouted like <laughs> and so that's a little bit of like I'm trying to play the game, but I'm also playing the character. And what would this character do in this scenario? He would probably not like that he's in water, so I'm going to be like kind of irate about that. So I shouted, it echoed throughout the cave, a bunch of more goblins came, but I was like, I don't know, I feel like that's what Duma would do. so it's a little bit of both, but I'll try to as much as possible, I'm trying to be the character just because it I think it adds to the story, and then that can, that creates a memorable moment, like people know. Every time we come up to a lake, like someone will mention, like, we had a fire wind around it because we have a cat that doesn't want to go through it. So it, it stuck with them. Wow.
1: That, I mean, that, and I think that that's kind of the, 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 the amazing part about Dungeons and & Dragons and the, the openness. Yeah. You can have that, like, character development that wasn't necessarily established super strong before, but now it is canon. It's like you're writing a movie almost every time you play.
0: It's true. Uh, Yeah, I think about like when you play a role-playing game and there's like four options to say things. Now you have an unlimited options of things to say. Like you can say whatever the hell you think your character would say. Like it helps if you're consistent, right? Um, It helps if you lean towards your flaws and your character ideals and things like that. But yeah, that was completely my choice. And it's empowering as hell. And like when your idea... I think in anything, when you, have a good Id- when you have a good idea and people like it and enjoy it, you o- that's always going to give you a euphoric uh, feeling. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Now, so you've been playing this game consistently for a year. How would you say you've changed over that time? Like, not just as a player. Obviously, you're going to be better at Dungeons & Dragons, but as a human being. Because obviously, when you, when you commit, yeah. commit a year of your life to this consistently every week, that's hard to do um how have you changed how have you grown
0: that's a really good question because you do learn things about life when you play D. &D. one thing is to definitely you schedule better because you you want to play and the sessions can take like five hours sometimes four or five hours i i've played for like six hours straight and i still wanted to keep going but i couldn't um but um so your my i mean i people always know when i'm playing at least a week ahead because that day's booked so it's time management it helps with um also um i've learned to be a, t- a lot more patient because it's weird you got to find this i think i think the best way to play is finding the balance like i said is your your competitiveness is going to want to kick in and you're going to want to you're always going to want to put yourself in the best scenario possible. You're, you're, you don't want your character to die because there are deaths, and then that's it. Your character, like, you can make it come back, I guess. Your DM, your DM can get creative, or you can just play this character somewhere else. But if my character dies, my DM will probably be like, "Yeah, sorry, Doom is dead. You can't play as Doom anymore," which is fine. Which is fine. That's how I think how it's supposed to be. Um, so. Oh, that a competitiveness, like I started with that competitiveness where I was like getting angry at the people around me because like I'm just I can I can be a competitive person and then like our our druid wanted to just like slip this random person's throat in this bar. And I'm just like I, I got really mad. I was like, you're gonna get us all in trouble if you slip this random person's throat in this bar. And like I got like kind of competitive about it. But I think it's I think over time it's taught me to just like be patient and even though you have to let the peoples do what they want with their character, the people at your table, because you're going to want to do with your, what you want to do with your character. But even if it's not the best scenario, even, be patient with learning the rules because there's a steep, very steep learning curve. Very steep learning curve. Um, and if the druid doesn't want to use her spells in this situation, even though it would really get your party out of a tight squeeze, a tight situation then she doesn't want to do that and that's her prerogative and you got to like be patient with that person. So I, th- I think it's taught me to like kind of just appreciate the story and not necessarily get so competitive. Like we have to, we have to do this. We have to win. Just like let the story play out how it's going to play out, you know, and you have to be, you have to be cognizant that some people want to do certain things with their characters. So it's like kind of like you, t- you got to like find a balance between like being competitive, but also Hey, we're here to have fun, and I think that's taught me a lot of patience.
1: Wow, that, I mean, and that—that's pretty amazing that a game has kind of had that—that that immense kind of aha moment in your life and that 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 growth. Yeah, um, I think that shows the power of like passions and things like that. Uh, I'm really interested, though. So, your your group that you play with. Obviously we're not, obviously we are recording this during the COVID times, yes. um, in 2020. Uh, yes. how, how have you kind of been able to keep playing? Are you still playing in person? Are you, have you migrated to online? Cause that's how I've started
0: playing. Anyway. Yeah. We're not consistent at all. We did online. We did do online when we got into, I don't know what phase Illinois is in right now, like three, um, when we got into four, when we were in four, we went back to in-person. So we've only been in person for like less than a month. Um, and, uh, we're recording this like early August. Um, we, we haven't gone back to digital, even though we we only went back to phase three and everyone in our group is open and comfortable. They've even had some tests done. Like some people have gotten some tests done. Um, and if they came back negative, so uh, we even played yesterday with masks on just cause some people wanted to, which I was totally cool with that. So we've, uh, we're taking in person precautions, I would say. And I think if we went back down to like phase one in Illinois, uh, we would go back to digital. But like once we got into phase four and everyone in the room was comfortable with it and everyone in the room took all the precautions they needed. And like, if someone is feeling ill, they just won't show up for whatever reason. Um, no one in that group has had COVID, but just like, you know, you could get sick otherwise. Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing right now. But uh definitely we did we we tried online. Yeah. What program did you use online? We use roll twenty. Um actually I'm still playing online. Now I forget about this. I'm I'm actually I'm being I'm a DM I've DM'd as well, but I'm I'm still playing an online game with my co working group. Um because I think because we're—I'm not in office yet. I'm still working from home. So my co-working group, where I'm the DM, and it's three other people, we're still online and we're using good old-fashioned good old Microsoft Excel and Zoom. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. It is clunky. It is not. It is. It is. I would not recommend it. But at this point, I'm like, I'm not learning roll twenty. We're doing Excel, and let's just do it. So they're still having fun with it they don't get to move their characters around. We're in roll 20. You can move your care, your token. Um, but, uh, they just tell me where they want to move and I move them. And I think when we get back into office, then it'll be like, okay, my co-working group is now comfortable. And, uh, and then we'll probably go back to in person. Sure.
1: And I think that's important. Um, and I think that's important in any group setting is that everyone's comfortable. And I think, you do a great job of like checking with everyone and just the fact that one person requ- or a couple people requested a mask, everyone's like, okay, we're all wearing masks. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's very safe. I think personally that's what I would feel most comfortable doing. Um, but the fact that there wasn't like any discussion it's like, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important. And if you're going to commit to something for this, like with a group, you have to kind of all be all in and all be supportive. And it looks like that's absolutely what's happening there. Yeah. Um, have you felt the the friendship between your, these friends grow deeper in this this year that you've been playing? Um, how, have, has that
0: changed at all? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, yes and like yes and no. I uh, I think like that example I gave, I said where I was like too competitive and like and <laughs> I got kind of. I was getting frustrated with, frustrated with the person because we'd been playing for like half a year and they still didn't understand what their character was like capable of, whereas I was like and that and that was wrong of me because I just got a little too intense about it, but I wouldn't say I wasn't really close to that person to begin with, and I'd say I'm still probably not close to that person but um, but i have I have felt um, I have felt uh the the other people. That play with with us more consistently, um, I have felt our relationship grow stronger because, like I said, we have those we have those inside jokes. So my a really good buddy of mine, um, um, his name is, his character's name is Cal Yurkus, so is we call him Cal, and we have an inside joke where, <laughs> um, I, so let me back up. So I'm a cat and i want to climb things i also don't want to get hit because i'm like i said i'm in the sneaky rogue type and i don't have a lot of hit points so i don't want to get hit i'm always trying not to get hit i'm always like staying back so i like to climb things but um in order uh, the climbing the skill you use to climb is called an athletics skill or check and um my character doesn't have a lot of strength and the more strength you have, the higher success rate of your athletics skill. So I'm having trouble climbing, but I bought this grappling hook. And I don't know how it started, but myself and Cal Yerkes, Cal, we always have like climb offs because I would always try to climb. I think we always do watch together when we we, like camp at night, it's always him and me doing watch. So I'd say like my character has grown closer to his character and thus I've grown closer to his name's Pat or Patrick who plays Cal Yurkis. I've grown closer to Pat. Um, and Pat's really good at the game as well. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so we have these inside jokes and then like, we'll, whenever we see each other, we'll always reference them or like via text, we'll reference them. So Duma and Cal are having another climb off again. And who can, who can climb the tree the fastest? And I have a grappling hook and he's just using his bare hands. Cause I have no strength. And, uh, and like things like that. So that some of the stuff has brought us close together. And then there's been like times where like, I wouldn't say, and then like that example I gave earlier, I wouldn't say I'm not close with this person, but she's a girlfriend of someone at the table. And I haven't spent a ton of time with her. And like, I got a little too, I got a little too intense and I had got a little too competitive and I had to bring that competitive is now the this down. So I haven't had I've had some bad moments at the table. I've had some good moments at the table. And I think like, yeah, I think I'm, I've grown closer to the people where I've maybe just interacted with their characters more and have more of these like inside jokes with them. Sure. And I think that's yeah. natural.
1: I mean, in, in real life too, like obviously in character, if you're spending more time with this character, you're going to be closer to them and in real life. If you're spending more time with that, with that person, you're going to be closer to them. And what really kind of sticks out is how, uh, self reflective almost the game has made you yeah. where you, you actually are looking because you are projecting yourself into something else it almost i correct me if i'm wrong it almost feels probably like an out of body experience where you can kind of then look back at yourself and saying like whoa um both good and bad i mean you could look at like the the positive things about that but
0: also the the more negative things that could be growth opportunities yeah absolutely there's definitely like a after I'm done playing, I feel like my head is still buzzing. It's like a natural high, and you got to like decompress and come down with it. And like, there's definitely been times where I've stayed at the house an hour or so after, and all we did was just talk about what just happened over the past four hours. And like, and you, yeah. So there's You can't help but reflect. Uh, to me, after a session happens, you can't help but reflect on it. Um, so. Yeah, it, it, a lot of reflection time because I'm always looking for the next one too, and then I'm always like, okay, what does Doom I have to do in this next session coming up? Because now the quests have progressed a little bit, and uh, what are these things I want to make sure I got to do? And so yeah, things like that.
1: That's that's pretty amazing. Now, where do you kind of see the future of this going? Like, how long do you kind of do you do you expect to kind of like play this forever? Has the DM kind of given you an end date roughly that they have planned? Like what, what does the future hold for the, for the, the Dungeons and Dragons group?
0: Yeah. So it's, that's a good question. So I try not to, it's not that I don't think about that, but, uh, so our, our main campaign is lost is the starter one, which is called Lost Minds of Fandelver, Um, and and there's a lot you can do with it. Um I think our main campaign cuz we're like in a in a large city right now and I think we have so much to do. So I think our main campaign will take will take us a, maybe even like a couple more years to maybe finish. Um there is it just depends on like what you're running and what the party what the group kind of wants to do. We're having a blast right now and there's so much content so I think we're just going to keep going with it. Um there are campaign, there are books that have been released where it's like, this is kind of where the campaign ends. So I'm running one of those in another city called Waterdeep. I'm running Waterdeep Dragon Heist with my coworkers and I'm the DM. I think eventually that will end. And then maybe we'll have like a down period and we'll see what everybody wants to do. Does everyone want to keep playing and try? There's like a follow-up to it. There's a- and that's a whole nother book. So I would just probably do that. But um yeah, I, I think you. Sh- I think you. Sh- if you're not having fun, you should stop. I think if your if your group's having fun and your DM still has content, like just keep going with it. And either the book will run out of stuff, and then maybe that's a stopping point, or like you'll kind of hit a hit a creative, uh, maybe like a writer's block or something, and then maybe you hit, and then maybe that's a stopping point. But it's hard. I don't think you should plan that too far ahead. I think it should just come up naturally. Um, so we're just going to keep going because Duma's got a lot of people on his hit list that he hasn't killed yet. And those people got to die because they've wronged some people in the past. So, um, that is Duma's main goal is I have a hit list of 10 people. Some of them are in the city that we're in. I don't know where the rest are. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I want to see that fulfill, be fulfilled and play and play out. So until that's done, you know. And then you can, always, you can always do something, too, that's called, like, downtime, where you're just, like, a couple weeks are going to go by in real life and maybe in the, in the setting, too, in the game setting, and you're like, let's just chill for a little bit, and if, and if that hunger and that craving comes back, then, you know, your characters can do downtime stuff. They can rest. They can learn something new. They can work, and you can get a bunch, bunch of gold. And then the DM will like pick it up when it's appropriate and you'll start a new adventure. So it's really hard to tell.
1: (laughs) I think it, I think it's important just like in life, just kind of go with the flow almost. Yeah. Um, I think that probably keeps it from being a chore because as soon as there's like restrictions and things like that, I think that's when it becomes more work than fun. And again, the, the whole idea of the game is to have fun. Absolutely. Now, one thing that just hit my head—I don't know why. Again, I'm new to this podcasting thing. I'll get a lot better, I swear. But you <laughs> mentioned that, so you're a player in one, and then a DM in another. What is that yes. dichotomy like in your brain? Are you able to switch easily back and forth, or does at oh, times yeah. at times you get kind of like muddled? Let's see. What role am I playing right now?
0: Um. I think when, I think that I think I do check myself on like, cause every DM has, sli- can have slightly different rules. So I'll check when I'm a player, I'll check my, I'll check myself a little bit. It's a DM's call no matter what you don't have to like it, but until the session is over, just play it how they want to play it and talk to them about it after in a polite, respectful way. Um, but no, I, I'm able to switch. I'm able to switch pretty well. I think, if you DM, you really understand the game, then you're, you really know, you really learn the rules. You basically have to know the rules or at least like the base, a base foundation of them to know what's going on. Um, um, at one at sometimes when I'm, I'm Duma or when I'm Charlie sitting there as a player, I will check myself because I think I know this rule, but then I'm realizing, Oh, it might be different for someone else's character. Or like, maybe we're just not playing that way. So Um, it's pretty easy to switch back and forth, but yeah, there's times where there's times where I've maybe try to be like a rule stickler and then I got to reel it in a little bit. Yeah. And and I think that that's pretty natural.
1: I know, I know when I play, I am, I hate all the rules. I want to (laughs) do whatever I want. And the DM's there to stop me, which is important. Right. Right. Like I, even before I started to play like, I very much wanted to – like, I always joked, like, if I'm playing Dungeons & Dragons, the first thing I do is run up to the, the monster and just slap him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> just in disgust.
0: And then run right away. But there's I rules
1: think... that I can't do that just because in, in life, that wouldn't really work either. If I I'm – a, I'm a little guy. I'm a, a halfling rogue. Like, that wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, but there are also, like, sometimes where I, like, want to do a backflip. And I can do a backflip. <laughs> Like that's that's it within character, I can do things like that, or yeah, like, in our game I'm like I thrive in like the in between battles, like we are in this like town it's like our home base, and just like okay. on the first thing, I just went up and just started chatting with this like guard, yeah, <laughs> okay, and the guard's name's Kevin, and now Kevin's my friend, so now every time I walk into the if we're out coming back on an adventure, I always ask DM, like do I see Kevin? And he's like, well, roll, roll investigation or insight, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I see Kevin. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it really well. And Kevin's not there. And it's like, come on, DM, you know, Kevin's around unless he keeps, I I, I wonder if he's like, Oh no, it's not Kevin. It's Phil. Ooh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Kevin, someone else. Uh, so Phil, I, I've imagined he keeps like a little notebook as to where Phil is whenever we're in town. Yeah. Um, which would be insane to me, but that's the game. That's, that's Dungeons and Dragons. I think. Yeah. It's an easy game to fall in love with. Um, it yes. is a commitment though, because it's not something you like, just pull off. Like it's not like a standard board game where you just play for a night and then, okay, I'm done. So like you do have to find those people that are committed to that have the same passion that you do. Right. Um, and I think it's amazing that you found those people and they're people you already knew. Um, so I think that's, it's almost like a perfect storm. I think I've said that that term on on the podcast before, but I think a lot <laughs> of stuff when we find these passions, like it absolutely is a perfect storm that like allows them to thrive.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a good little example. That Phil example is a good little. That's a good little like thing that sticks with you in Dungeons and Dragons, and that becomes like that becomes an inside joke at the table and something that people always resonate your character with, and that gives. That, that helps someone imagine your character and then that character, your character becomes so much stronger and so much of like an actual person almost. Absolutely.
1: One yeah. other thing I'm waiting on, I have in my back pocket, there's a person in our group, her name's Raven. Okay. And I'm waiting so like, for the perfect time to just say that's so Raven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's got to develop those quirks. Or, he or she or she, mm, yeah. She, she.
1: when uh, she very much like when she created the name, she's like, I think I'm going to do Ravens. Like, at some point, I'm going to say that's so Raven, just so you know. We've now been playing, I mean, on and off probably, probably nine months. Okay. We've probably on average only played once a month, though. Um, we're not okay. super consistent, but at no point have I said it during the game. But one day I'm going to, I'm going to bust it out. And hopefully that's the other thing when I play, and this is, this mean and this, it absolutely goes to your group is most important. I'm cracking jokes the entire time. Whereas if I'm playing with someone, maybe like you, that is very like rule strict, like we're in the middle of a battle. We got to focus on the battle. Like that wouldn't work. Um, but I think that, 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 that the community that you develop around there, I think is also an amazing part of Dungeons and Dragons. And I think why people connect so much to it. Yeah. Um, but kind of, as we are wrapping up here, um, I do want to kind of highlight some of the things that you're involved in. Um, we cool. mentioned, mentions on top two heels in a face podcast. Um, yes. That is – I've 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 been on the podcast a couple times. It is yes. an amazing podcast about uh, – mostly about the local Chicago wrestling scene. Correct. I think it's the premier podcast that really delves into the Chicago wrestling scene. Uh, I think it that's what kind of separates it from a lot of other ones where there, other podcasts are trying to cover WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, TNA, right. MLW, New Japan for Wrestling. And it's like <laughs> – exhausting it's three yeah but you yeah, yeah. you've really really focused in on it and then you have this entire idea of wrestling as a buffet which really rings true to me as i've said in your podcast like everyone in wrestling there's so many different pieces of pie or different types of pie yeah um that you might not like the same thing someone else do, does but wrestling has it all um and kind of go back into D&D like some people are like i'm going to yeah. attack like crazy i just want to be in battle whereas i'm just like i don't really care about the battles at all um, exactly that's <laughs> yes. more of an Im- improv games for me
0: someone just some people just want to go to every shop and talk to every shop owner and some people get antsy if they're not shooting things so yeah exactly exactly, exactly. your podcast too
1: is on face does that for the local chicago wrestling scene thank you um, you can listen to it on all major podcast platforms, correct? Pretty much, yeah.
0: I'd say, I'd say all all your big ones, yes.
1: Yeah, and if if you can't find it, you're not looking hard enough. Um, it's it's very much accessible. Uh, I listen to it on Stitcher, um, by Apple Podcast, Google yeah. Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. You can listen to that.
0: We um, specifically had to put it on Stitcher for you, and we did because we oh, love you that much.
1: I appreciate that. <laughs> You have no idea how excited it was when I had my podcast added to Stitcher and I was able to subscribe to my own podcast. Like
0: it's <laughs> that's a big moment. It's a, yeah, big, a big
1: moment. moment. <laughs> it, it's like, a, this is a real thing now. Um, and to, like uh, peek behind the curtain, this is being recorded um, before even the first episode drops. All that's up right now is the trailer. Uh, so it's going to be even crazier once the start of episodes and, then, and start to see the Tens of people that are listening to this podcast. Uh, hope to get into the, the hundreds at some point in the next three years.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. But, again, we'll put, I appreciate you. Yeah, we'll put you over. We'll put you over as much as we can. I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: um, I do want to also highlight where they can get in contact with you. You can follow Two Heels in a Face on Instagram and Twitter. It's number two. Number two. Heels in a Face. Right. Um, And then you can reach Charlie directly at at Chuck underscore Colorado on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll retweet a bunch of helpful D and D stuff. So if you really want to play, yeah, just tweet me and uh, there there's it's like I said, it's a steep learning curve, but there's really smart people on YouTube that break it down in the simplest stuff. And I'll send you those links. You'll be set. Absolutely.
1: And also there's a million D podcasts out there. There's D D like YouTube shows where they will actually play D D. So mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt to watch one of those. See if that's something you're interested in. Right. Um, I definitely encourage everyone to kinda of check it out. Uh but yeah, again, thank you very much, Charlie, for your time. Um uh, it's great hearing from you. I don't get to see you as much now that we're <laughs> I know we're not, we're not going to freelance wrestling. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, hof- thank- hopefully soon we'll be back out in this world.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to hear all the other people you talk to. I hope there's some, some people I know. I hope there's some some wrestling content. I hope there I hope I learned about new shit I haven't learned about, excuse my language. But um That's okay. This props is I, mar- you. I marked it as explicit because there a couple <laughs>
1: of them have swears and I'm like, I'm not gonna deal with someone getting angry. There swear words in it. Um, okay. But I will tell you this. We have talked to some people related to wrestling, but so far there's been no conversation about wrestling. So there's oh. always, in the future, I'm sure it's going to come up. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, again, for everyone listening, I want you to be able to reach out to this podcast. Obviously, you found it. Uh, we're on all the major podcast platforms, soon to be Spotify. Um, this actually might be the first podcast is on Spotify if i Hopefully. if i do if i do the math right this might be the first spotify podcast if not the if next you, one will be
0: if you want those rogan numbers it better be
1: oh i'm sure i'm probably i'm probably pretty close at this point this is number 5 <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm pretty close cool um but you can reach us on uh instagram at what do you like podcast or you can go to twitter at, at @wdylpodcast um they're not the same i'm not as good at this But you can reach us out there. You can search "What Do You Like" podcast and all the all the everything else. You'll be able to find it. Uh, But again, thank you very much, Charlie, and for everyone else listening. We'll see you next time.